Welcome to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill. Let's do a quick check to make sure that you are in the right place. Do you like old horror movies? Do you enjoy cheesy special effects? How about bad dialogue? Well, if this is your cup of green tea, then you've come to the right place. I was raised by monsters. Now, let me rephrase that so you don't get the wrong idea and think that maybe I was beaten by my parents. I was brought up on horror movies. A steady diet of creature double feature, probably from the age of 10. I don't know if many of you remember this, but back in the day, there was a magazine. It was called Famous Monsters of Filmland. Glorious color. It arrived every month, and I was down at my local news store to pick that up. While I was there, I also picked up another required reading, if you are a monster kid like myself. It was called The Monster Times. It looked like a tabloid. It looked almost like the Herald, and it was chock full of stories of all the people whose talent I appreciated so much. Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney Jr., Vincent Price. To give you an idea of where I'm coming from, this might be frightening to some of you, but fourth grade, my art teacher says, okay, class, we need you to bring in a picture tomorrow of someone you love dearly, and we're going to draw a character of that person. So I was all excited. So the next morning, I brought in my picture, and the art teacher is making her way down the aisle, and she goes, well, John O'Neill, who is that a picture of? Is that your father? And I said, no, it's Lon Chaney Jr. And she sort of looked and scratched her head, and I said, you know, the guy that played the Wolfman, and, you know, he's also played Frankenstein, and he's, he's played the Vampire, and he's played the Mummy, and, I mean, he's probably one of the most versatile actors in the horror movie business, and so that's how it all started for me at a very, very, very early age, and, you know, I think we're a product of our upbringing, and I think my, my mother... Uh, was a great inspiration, a great inspiration for me in terms of exposing me to these creepy horror films. There used to be a gentleman in Boston Television. His name was um, Frank Avruch, and I believe Frank Avruch. I think he was a, a host on Channel Five in Boston, but I believe he also played Bozo. I think at, at one point or another. Um, but anyway, he hosted a show late at night on Saturday evenings called Chillerama. And he basically screened all the old universal horror films, the Frankensteins, the mummies, the creatures. And my mother and my stepfather would allow me to stay up 11.30 to 1 and watch these spectacles uh, on, the, uh, on the silver screen. Anyway, it, uh, it's, it, it, it was one of those things where it seemed they were almost like forbidden fruits, and yet my mom was so cool uh, that she let me watch these. So this is what, this is where I come from. And I wouldn't be here hosting this podcast if it wasn't for family. So you'll hear them in the course of the program. Just a shout out to my nephew, David Yass, who's putting this together. I'm scared. My, uh, my, uh, my nephew, Michael, who's making sure everything sounds the way it should. Mikey. Thank you. No so, evil laugh or anything, Mikey? Was, that might have been your one chance the whole podcast. So the roots. Uh, the roots of Fright Night, well, I got to tell you, it probably, for me, started when I was in college, uh, probably mid mid to late 80s. Um, I, uh, I was actually a, an amateur video editor. So what I thought might be fun was I wanted to take some of uh, my favorite horror movies, and sort of cut them up and insert myself into the films for for a little levity, for a little laughs. And I began hosting these parties uh, with my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, Martha, and um, started to draw a following. Had small parties, maybe six to seven people. As time went by, we were hosting parties, 25 to 30 people. And it was one of those things where... Friends would say to me, hey, John, did you ever consider, you know, maybe, you know, doing like something like this on, on, on local television? I said, nah, you know, I don't know. It may lose its charm if I actually had to, you know, get really serious about it. But about four years ago, 
Uh, I approached the local cable station in my town. I told them about a crazy idea I had for taking some of these old public domain horror movies and giving a little history of the town, uh, going to sort of creepy areas in the area, or in my town, I should say, and filming stand-ups and throwing out some trivia questions. Surprisingly enough, the cable station loved the idea, and I began hosting a program called Fright Night um, on my local, in my local town. And now, voila, we have entered the wild, wild west that is professional podcasting. Or, I should say, semi-professional podcasting. You guys will be the judge. Uh, this is our, this is our first, this is my first program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my dream, or should Sorry, I say? John. John said no cheesy sound effects, <laughs> but I couldn't resist that one. Okay, I'm done. I'm done now. Really. <laughs> my dream, or I should say my nightmare, <laughs> is to delve into some of the creepiest, campiest films from Hollywood's golden age. Well, maybe not the golden age, more like the stone age. Some of these are films that were probably originally screened at your local drive-ins and were usually accompanied by a Three Stooges short or maybe a cartoon. So, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, if monsters, mayhem, and malarkey are your bag, then grab a bowl of popcorn, put on your creature double feature t-shirt, and join me for Fright Night. You'll be glad you did. Oh, no. Uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown taillight and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat. not to mention there's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aw. Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Roughly translated, Book of the Dead. You are listening to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill. This is pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. So, let's talk sequels, Dave and Mike. Mm. How many decent movie sequels can you think of that were better or at least as good as the original. It's, I mean, a, it's a short list. Yeah, it is a very short list. So I toss these out. Subjective, too. Godfather. That's, that's uh, yeah, the conversation yeah. starts there. Stop it won there. Best Picture. Right. Godfather, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, well, that that's a whole other sort of ball of wax, right? right? Okay. Like, like there's sequels upon saying. sequels. But I agree, yes. Yeah. Put it in there, yeah. And the whole Indiana Jones saga, and then I'm sort of out of gas I would suggest um, the third. I like the third Indy, maybe even the best. Last the, Crusade, the one with, yeah. yeah. Last Crusade. Oh. Uh, I would add to the list uh, Die Hard 2. I thought it was just a, just as not quite good up to call. the book, but but a very good film. The one in the airport with John Amos. I as did the, as like the bad Die guy. Hard yeah. 2 a yeah. little bit better than the first. Right. The first Die was a little more action. Last for me. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, Aliens is better than oh, Alien. Yeah. Good call. And I think uh, Terminator 2 is better than Terminator. It's well tough. Put. It's tough with horror movies. And comedy mo- movies, to mm. name one, I think. Well, that, um, well, that goes into... Right. Fletch, Fletch Lives was okay, but certainly not as good as the first one. That goes into... Yeah. yeah. That goes exactly the train of thought. So then the, the flip side of that is how many bad sequels come ah, to mind? Ah, Caddyshack 2. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what, that's at the top of my list. Yes. Also, Weekend at Bernie's 2. Yeah. But then again, you would yeah. have to acknowledge Weekend at Bernie's was actually a decent movie. Right. I guess maybe not so much. The, yeah. The, just the very title, Weekend at Bernie's 2, makes you laugh because it's like, dude, we, we, we didn't really need the first one. Like, why do we, we really need a second one? Because he's still dead. Yeah. Is that the subtitle? Weekend at Bernie's 2, still dead. Yeah. More from formaldehyde. Now, he's starting yeah, right. to rot. Yeah. And we might have had this conversation before, but Ocean's 12 was one of my uh, all time uh, least favorite well, sequels. 
See, I'm a fan of it. Okay. Well, that's okay. subjective. Okay. I like the Blast European week. feel it had to it. We can agree to disagree, yes, as, right. as my sister yeah. would say. Third one was better, though, with Pacino, I thought. But. Does anyone remember Staying Alive, which was technically oh. the sequel to Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. Frank Stallone was involved in some <laughs> yeah, fashion. Oh, he sang right. the theme song, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. That's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. John Travolta with a uh, modified mullet and some s- strange uh, costumery in that, yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he yeah. was ripped. Yeah, he was ripped. Um, well, I, I guess we can agree the bad definitely outweigh the good when it comes to uh, horror films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the track record, I think, really is pretty much the same as we discussed for, for every what Mike referenced, Aliens. Mm-hmm. There's probably half a dozen, you know, Poltergeist 3s. I think I looked up Amityville is up to 8. Um, and don't forget... Jaws 3D? Jaws. Well, Jaws, <laughs> but even worse, Jaws for the Revenge. Yeah. That was when he eats the airplane. Remember the shock? Oh, right. <laughs> John, real quick aside, one of the worst, a movie that some consider the worst movie of all time is a quasi-sequel called Trolls 2. Are you familiar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look it up, Trolls 2. But the reason why it's noteworthy is because someone made a documentary called The Worst Best Movie Ever. And um, it turns out Trolls 2 isn't even has nothing to do with Trolls 1, but the, for some reason they, they called it Trolls 2. Um, anyway, that's my uh, my tip. Watch that documentary. It's about, It has a cult following because it's so bad. Anyway. Well, so our spotlight film for this podcast is a rare treat, I think, in the slimy, uh, sloth-infested world of horror movie sequels. Released in 1987, Evil Dead 2 was a great film directed by Sam Raimi. We all know Raimi now as he directed a a number of the Spider-Man movies. More recently, he directed a great horror movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking. It's called Don't Breathe. Mm, Haven't seen it. More on that later. Okay. Um, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is not so much as a sequel to the original 81 classic, but it's more so a, a remake. Uh, it's almost as if the first film from 1981 really never took place because the setting, again, is a same cabin deep in the woods of North Carolina. Um, the uh, lead character's name is Ash. He's up there with his girlfriend for what is supposed to be a romantic weekend. Unfortunately, the cabin that they're renting is possessed by demons. So the, in, it, the movie starts with them sort of recapping the first movie? It actually begins with him and his girlfriend literally driving up to this little cabin in the woods for a romantic getaway, which is exactly right. the way Evil Dead 1 began. Oh, okay. So right. as a fan, you're trying to wrap yourself around it going, boy, does he not know that all this horrible stuff happened in right. the, in the right. original movie? And the original movie is a... Is a cult movie. It did come out in 81. I won't go into too much, but it was one of Stephen King's favorite horror films of the early 80s mm. and actually wrote a, uh, a review for a, uh, a local newspaper just sort of praising the work of uh, director Sam Raimi. So, again, that's the basic plot line. Um, the movie really has everything that you could possibly ask for, I think, in a classic B-horror movie. It has uh, decapitations. Um, <laughs> check. Has, check. <laughs> has, has monsters. Uh, lots and lots and lots of gore. Uh, probably mind-blowing special effects for considering the fact that it was 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these out-of-control uh, camera shots that are really uh, uh, combined with, again, I, I share a, a common uh, uh Appreciation of the Three Stooges, as does Bruce Campbell, the star of the film, and Sam Raimi. Who that the- was one of my trivia questions, John, <laughs> which you've now, which is now spoiled. But that shows you how good a fan you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what's so cool. It was, he was inspired by the Three, three Stooges, right? right? Yeah. Which is which you wouldn't, which seems incongruous, but it does. But if you see the film, yeah. there's so much slapstick. It's one of those films where you know all of a sudden you're screaming, you're taking a breath, and then there's this just nutty slapstick that just makes you say, "Where are we going?" With this film, you know, I don't know, but um, but it is anyway. It's 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 actually a lot of fun. Um, I give you a quick uh, sort of quick review of the cast. So the star of it, uh, the character's name is Ash Williams, and he is played by Bruce Campbell, uh, one of my uh, B movie idols, uh, king, definitely king of the low budget films. He made a couple of short lived series. I don't know if you guys saw a TV series called Burn Notice familiar with it yeah burn yeah. notice uh i think it was run on the usa network ran about six or seven years uh 
He also did a very short-lived series called The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., hmm. where he played sort of a, uh, a cowboy who was a hired gun looking for the bad guys. Um, he's really made a career out of being an actor who makes B movies, you know, usually B horror movies. Yeah, this is a guy you, you recognize from a lot of movies. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So he's made cameos in all of Rami's films. He's been in all the Spider-Man um, I actually met him. Right, the spider. He he's the guy. Uh, the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he's the guy when he first enters the. He's going to be like a pro wrestler type. Exactly. And, and yeah. Bruce Campbell's the guy who's like, he's like, what's your name? He says Human Spider, and he says, that's all you got. And then he says, you're a Spider Man. Yeah, isn't he? The, yeah. He's at the fight, right? He's, he's yeah. sort of introducing. The, you're right. He's like the ringleader. Yeah, he's like the, the ringleader. Yeah, yeah. Um, so probably a few years ago, he made a film called My Name is Bruce, which uh, was a, basically a, a movie about... Uh, Bruce Springsteen did the theme song, right? No, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Bruce Spring, I mean Rick, Rick Springfield. Sorry, no. sorry. Oh, no, I do know that song. You know, That's yeah, right. no, yeah, Rick yeah. Springfield had a song yeah. called Bruce. I, I yeah, can't imagine he gets confused with Bruce no, Springsteen. No, no. But basically, the premise of this movie, My Name is Bruce, is, is a town is uh, having problems with a real real monster and it's sort of a hick town and they think well who the best person to be to come in and and take care of this is bruce campbell because he's done such a great job of killing all the monsters in the evil dead films (laughs) so they bring him in and then they realize that he's really just a horrible b-movie actor and he really can't protect them anyway but so they were screening sounds like the plot of three amigos by the way (laughs) So, so i was at the screening at a theater in cambridge i think it's called the landmark theater great Great, great popcorn. Probably some of the best popcorn in the world is <laughs> at this theater in Cambridge. And you would know. You're an, you're but anyway, an I went to the screening with my good friend George because no one else would go with me. And you got to meet Bruce Campbell after the film if you decide to stick around and pay another 25 bucks. Of course we did. Uh, the movie, My Name is Bruce, it's horrible. But it was good to see Bruce Campbell, you know, live in person. And afterwards, I went up to him and I said to him, hey, you know, you're trying to make your way to the What a horrible movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I shook his hand and I said, hey, I just want to say I'm a big fan. And he says, tell me something I don't know. Uh, and I said, yeah. well, I thought the movie was horrible. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, Bruce Campbell. So he's the star of the film. Um, the other characters, not so much stars. Um, Linda is Ash's girlfriend in the film. And she's played by an actress by the name of Denise Bixler. She's from Michigan. As you guys may know, the whole Sam Rami, Bruce Campbell, they all sort of grew up childhood people in Michigan, and they tend to bring people that are from that area into their films. Hmm. And for some of these people, that's really the, uh, the only break they've actually sort of gotten in their entertainment career. The interesting thing about Linda, Ash's girlfriend in the film, Denise Bixler, is she was at one point married to Steve Gutenberg. No way. <laughs> yeah, late 80s, early 90s, but pretty much... Uh, like that was yeah, that was sort of it for her. That's the ultimate uh, humble brag, or you know, or unusual brag. I was married to Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, the how'd that work out? The Steve, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Although when his career started to take off in '92, they got divorced. So, mm. yeah, so much for that. Annie Noby is uh, is one of the characters. She plays uh, the uh, scientists. Uh, I should say the professor's daughter, who is there to help uh, uh, decipher the Book of the Dead. The actress's name is Sarah Berry. She appeared, and see if you guys can pick up a little trivia here. She appeared in Chud 2. <laughs> now, does anyone remember Chud 1? And can you tell me what Chud stood for? Yes, I, may I? Yeah. Uh, cannibal, <laughs> I might, I'm going to be close. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwelling. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Ding, ding. Nice job. Wow. Thank you. We, we I, I had a fraternity brother and his pledge, his Big guy with uh, fuzzy hair. His nickname was Chud. <laughs> that was great. Anyway, that's so. That's that's really all actress Sarah Berry did. Uh, one of the guys in the film who plays the um, the uh, the redneck, uh, his uh, his Ed Getley. The actor's name was Richard Domier, and he appeared in episodic TV, a show that I really liked. You guys remember Dream On? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, HBO. Brian Ben Ben. Yeah. yeah, had a career recording role in that. He was in Young and the Restless. Um, Hold on, before we depart. Dream on. I mean, what was the real reason you watched Dream On? It was a lot of nudity. Nudity, yeah. yeah. Come on. yeah. Bingo. H- H- yeah. <laughs> HBO. I, that's what I hear. It was a good, <laughs> do, do you know, and we'll, we'll close this parentheses, but do you, the, do you know why the, what the inspiration was for the show or why it featured all of that archival footage? Because um, he was, uh, he grew up watching old television programs, right? Was that yeah, it? exactly. But, but the, um, 
the reason why it, it came together was because someone discovered a whole treasure trove of old uh, footage. It was either that or, or that someone got the copyrights to, to all this footage and was trying to figure out what to do with it. And someone said, well, let's create a TV show where we flashback to all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's why they don't, there is no show like that now is because you could never, I don't think anyone could get like the rights to all like great movies because of all mm. the stupid lawyers. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Ahead, John. No, no, good point. And actually just to correct myself, uh, just rewind this, uh, the gentleman we're talking about, Richard, uh, doesn't play the, uh, the redneck in this actually. He's the guy that plays the... Uh, he plays Annie Noby's assistant. He's also a scientist type. But cool, two, two, two cool details about this guy is in 1984, he pretty much gave up movies and became a QVC host. Oh, and to wow. this day, he's still a QVC host. Selling knives. <laughs> that was his true dream. <laughs> that was his true dream. Yeah. And Mikey, you'll like this. He also had a very, very bit part in Die Hard 2 oh. as, one, as one of the cameramen at the airport. Again, he's a big blonde guy. It all comes up. full circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we round out our cast with a guy by the name of Jake, uh, played by this actor by the name of uh, Dan Hicks. Uh, another Michigan guy, pretty much Evil Dead 2 was his first film. He had cameos in a couple of Sam Raimi's other films. Uh, and his sidekick in this movie, uh, Bobby Joe, his girlfriend, played by actress Cassie Wesley. Uh, nothing really much. She didn't really go anywhere. She was, uh, uh, she was actually one of the producers on Evil Dead 2. She's appeared in a couple of uh, soap operas, One Life to Live, General Hospital. She actually uh, was a country western singer for a brief period of time. I think recorded one album. Um, the character, is Jake John, for the record, is described as a white trash guy who freaks out before the evil spirits. And when I hear that, I think, sign me up for that. <laughs> I want to be the white trash guy who freaks out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn it, a- why do I always have to play the white trash guy who freaks out? <laughs> That, that sums up him. That that's, yep. That'll be on his tombstone, I think. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at the film. So, um, you know, there's, uh, we were, uh, when I was talking about this recently with a friend, we were saying, geez, you know, it's one of those movies where there's not a lot of dialogue, but when the lead character, uh, Ash, says something, it's usually somewhat funny, uh, somewhat sarcastic, or just written, I think, to come across as just real bad, cheesy dialogue. Hey, what do you say we have some champagne, huh, baby? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) After all, I'm a man and you're a woman. Uh, At least last time I checked. um, The the film wraps itself around lots of goop. Uh, (laughs) I think they got away from what what was called an NC-17 rating by using green goop instead of blood had it looked red and like blood they the theory behind it was that they would have got slapped with an nc-17 so i think Mm -hmm. maybe zombies have green blood and not necessarily red blood so there's a lot of (laughs) let's just say fluids flowing in the movie against the camera um there's also lots and lots of what i enjoy dry ice so dry ice blows in you know sometimes it looks like fog um it almost looks like um a group of of young eager um arts uh, theater students just wanted to throw everything they could at the camera and a lot of times drag the camera through swamps you know drag the camera through old cabins drag the camera through dirt and it's a cool effect um and the uh the music that they use is um really adds to it. I think if you watch this movie with no music, it wouldn't be half as scary and half as interesting. So the music is key, although it's a lot of, you know, like it's sort of built up like that. Mm. Um, John Williams wasn't available. John Williams wasn't available. And, you know, it makes you think about movies like if you've ever heard the story behind Halloween, the movie is only so scary because of the great music. You know, the, right. yep. is, it, is that the B minor or is that Jaws, the B minor? Anyway, uh, whatever, 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 whatever the music is, it sort of carries it. Yeah, so, when you hear the theme to Halloween, you, you, I get goosebumps. Like I, I start to look behind wall doors and stuff to make sure there's nobody there. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's cool about Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, That's the whole, that was the whole title. It was Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. We want what is yours. Life! I think what was um, cool about it was that they never took themselves very seriously, where some of the um, 
some of the uh, crazy camera moments are are, are 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 cutting edge, but then every now and then there'll be a scene where there's a bridge that gets knocked that gets sort of uh, knocked out, and in order to reach the cabin or escape from the cabin, you have to take these back roads, and the bridge really looks like the bridge that if you guys ever had that Hot Wheels car set, and then there was that thing where the the track. You, you, the car comes off the track and jumps over this this gray bridge. That's mm. the bridge that they used in Evil Dead Two. I oh, mean, yeah. it's just it looks phony, and and they show only a couple of shots of it. Then when you see a car going over it, it looks like a Matchbox car. And <laughs> because it is. Because it is yeah. a Matchbox car. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do a lot of. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe you guys know some other movies. They use the whole point of view of the monster as the camera. Mm. So that's they, ha- Halloween did that with Michael Myers, didn't it? Because um, did, isn't that the one where he was wearing a mask? Well, yeah, and you know what? The, the slit and all that. Yeah, yeah. at the, the very beginning. at the very beginning. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, the demon in this movie. Well, let's talk about the evolution of the demons and the zombies. If, if what I found fascinating is, if if we guys go back to um, to the late '60s, the Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. If you remember the the zombies in that particular movie. They just moved at a snail's pace, you know. Right. It's, it wasn't you didn't they, they weren't you could easily get away from them by just sort of walking around them. What seemed to happen in the eighties and early nineties, as these zombies are just on uh, cocaine, co- cocaine. Right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're cocaine. Just hyper yeah, they're yeah. hyper. So right. these zombies are fast. They actually get really fast. Have you ever seen um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which the zombies are just like they're like track stars, they're right. just all over yeah. the place. So there's somewhere between you know. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead and the remake Dawn of the Dead in this movie, they move pretty quick. Um, and when the demon spirit actually chases down one of the victims in Evil Dead 2, uh, you know, it's like it's like the, the camera is mounted on a motorcycle and they're just sort of blazing through the woods, getting these people. And then when they hit them... Uh, they crash and explode. John, I'd be interested right. to hear your thoughts. There are some things in horror movies that are just um, repeated trick, call it a trick, but it's a device that just immediately invokes fear in you. And one of them is the, like a, a slow-moving zombie, you know, like the ones in the Michael Jackson thriller video. Yeah. They're not exactly <laughs> scary. There's something almost sort of comical about them. The ones that move fast are so freaking scary. <laughs> yeah. So the latest example of that, Mike, you watch Game of Thrones, right? Yes. So the, the the White Walkers are just the latest version of that, right? Right. They, right. They're, 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 so are they zomb- Are these zombies? Yeah, essentially, they're the yeah. Game of Thrones version of, of zombies. That they it, there's one scene which um, I guess it's a quasi spoiler alert. It's not really a plot point, but anyway, they, they're trying to demonstrate how the White Walkers are. You can't kill them. They they, they can only be killed by like fire or something. I don't know. But they're, but they're they're coming over a mountain, and so most armies coming over a mountain would have to like figure out a way to get down, but they don't need to because they, they're they won't. Die. So they all. They plunge en masse off the mountain and so so fall flat and they splat and appear to die. But then they do that thing where they poke their heads up really quickly and their eyes are all red and everything. It's like so. Um, yes, yeah, fast moving zombies scare the crap out of me. I'll take a right. slow moving zombie any day. Like that movie World War Z with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, okay. No, no, zombies moved at a lightning pace. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's almost unfair. You yeah, know, they make a, a. I mean, like you said, in your movies. You know, just a slight jog. Yeah. Just go around them. Go ahead, you know. <laughs> it's true. And then Zombie Land, you know, oh, he, yeah. he emphasized cardio. <laughs> yeah. Just get your cardio yeah. up and you can beat these zombies, right? But in like World War Great Z, movie. it's like, yeah, I, love yeah. zombie. I don't care if you're, you know, like an Olympic runner. You're not outrunning these zombies in the latest Right, movies, right, so. right, right. So, so, so in Evil Dead 2, the zombies are, um, they're in good shape, uh, <laughs> very, very, very active, uh, very determined, um, one of the zombies. I'm, pi- I'm sorry, I can't resist. I'm picturing a cutaway to a zombie doing a workout, like, it, it, and then you hear you hear the voiceover. You know, you really got to push yourself. I mean, if you want to eat brains, you got to be fast enough to get them. So, you know, push ups, sit ups. You know, sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, love, uh, love is love is blind, and in this film, uh, Bruce, uh, his love, uh, his girlfriend Linda, uh, becomes one of the zombies. And he has to do uh, what a man has got to do when he's when he's deep in the woods, and he ends up having to behead his girlfriend. Mm. Um, and so his uh, his girlfriend uh, is decapitated, and he does the right thing, and he buries his girlfriend. So head and all, head and all. Yeah. Okay. And what's great is 
like a true zombie, the girlfriend comes back to life without a head. Uh, you find out early in the film that she's a, a ballet dancer. So one of the one of the classic scenes in Evil Dead 2 is a scene where his girlfriend comes out of the grave without her head. She doesn't have mm-hmm. her head with her. And she does this uh, this little this little ballerina dance and uh, uh, it is it is creepy. Uh, oh, it is funny, and uh, it's set to great music too. So, and then her grandmother comes out of the woods and says, "You see, you would forget your head if it wasn't screwed onto your body." <laughs> Bang! But um, just thank you. Also, uh, special effects um, and rudimentary special effects, but special effects on the lease is a great scene. Uh, it's called "Man in the Mirror." And Dave, we talked about the Three Stooges earlier. Yeah. Sam Raimi was definitely inspired by the Three Stooges. And if you, if I can take you back to 1938, there's a great scene where Curly Howard is uh, looking into a mirror, and at the other side of the mirror is uh, sort of this Wolfman character. Mm. And Curly you know, um, is is trying to mimic the, the the turning of the head of the Wolfman because he figures he'll calm this Wolfman down. And so he's mimicking in the movie Evil Dead Two. Ash looks into mirror when he's basic, basically about to have a breakdown because he's decapitated his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he had to cut off his hand at one point because his hand was possessed, and he's literally at wit's end. And he looks into the mirror and he says, "You got to get a grip." And then the Ash in the mirror reaches out and grabs him, and he goes, <laughs> "You just killed your girlfriend! You're crazy!" <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's that's a cousin to the other cinematic device, which is the which is the hero. Having to pretend that um, a, there is a mirror when there is none, so he has to like mimic. And I think yeah, it was latest yeah, used in yeah. Austin Powers. You know, yeah, he has to yeah, like do, right. you have to do everything the other person does, or else they're gonna know it's not a mirror. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I think Lucy and uh, Harpo Mox did a similar sure. thing in the I Love Lucy show. Um, the uh, again, the movie does have a sense of humor, and sometimes it's really blatant. What I uh, what I love is is when Ash does have to uh, literally cut off his hand because it's possessed. He tosses it under a can, uh, covers the can, and throws a book on top. And the book is "Farewell to Arms." So, oh. just, yeah, yeah, that's a, wow. Uh, you that's, know, and, that's straight out of Mel Brooks. Yeah, right? yeah, it that's really great. is. It that's really great. is. Yeah. I mean, and and just uh, the reason that this is probably one of my favorite, uh, it probably is my favorite '80s film, is um, there's just one scene that I always go back to. It probably shows you what a shallow person I am. But this one scene is. Um, is when one of the demons uh, uh, is trying to make its way out of the basement and uh, Ash is trying to prevent the demon from coming out of the basement and he literally jumps on, he puts his foot, jumps on the head of the demon and the demon's eyeball blows out of the socket, goes across the room and lands in Bobby Sue's mouth. So... (laughs) And, and as you watch the scene, you can that. almost see the, yeah, you can almost That's see great. you can see the string at the very end as it goes in her mouth, and then they throw it in her mouth. So. Um. That's a scene that I found myself rewinding again and again and again and again. If they had taken it a little bit further, it would have randomly popped into some sophisticated guy's drink, drinking a cocktail, (laughs) and to which he would have taken one look and then and then looked up and said, "Check, please." You know, I mean, that's. I think that would have been funny. Uh, The uh, the whole the for the for the most part, the film takes place in this cabin. Uh, in the woods, and uh, actually, it was it was shot in North Carolina. Another trivia question you just answered before oh, I could okay. ask you. <laughs> Correct. I would have thought they would have shot it in Michigan. Yeah, you would have thought so. Um, they around. shot the first one uh, in Memphis, in the backwoods of Memphis, and for some reason, they had a little bit more money to play with in this one, and they shot it in um, in North Carolina. But it's a great uh, again this cabin that they use. It's just a, a great set with. Um, there's a lot of tracking shots where the camera's on the ceiling. Um, there's a lot of walls that come and go. Um, one of the thi- one of the, one of the funnier scenes in the film is uh, again Ash is is pretty much at his wit's end and he's starting to lose it and he's laughing hysterically. Laughing. The yeah, laughing scene. yeah, the laughing yeah. scene, right? <laughs> and so not only is he laughing, but the uh, the deer head mounted on the wall begins laughing. Uh, the chair starts laughing. The lights start laughing. They all start moving. He's doing sort of this dance in the middle of the room with all the furniture shaking and dancing. It's like and a demented Pee Wee's yeah, Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> all the furniture is right. laughing. <laughs> yeah, Globy. Yeah, it is. It's almost. It is a very Pee Wee moment. Um, and um. And, and then you have uh, they when they do go sort of hardcore, uh, really uh, graphic uh, 
scary. Um, Bobby Sue, who's the um, the uh, the hick girlfriend to uh, uh, what's that guy's name, Jake. Um, she actually gets um, assaulted by the trees in the woods, and so the trees actually wrap. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they wrap around her. They she's just trying to get away, and then they end up dragging her. Um, uh, through the woods, and she ends up colliding, uh, hitting a tree, and literally just exploding into green slime what? and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a um, that's a benchmark moment for Evil Dead Two. What's also sort of funny about Evil Dead Two is they also use something that really nobody uses anymore because it's so old school. When I say stop motion in old horror movies, you guys know what that does that take you back? Like stop, stop motion man. was King Kong. Where yeah. it's they basically shoot something, they, they'll shoot the King Kong, right. and then they move him just a little bit, and so it looks like. Yeah, so Clay, claymation is the claymation. cartoon yeah. version of the claymation. Yeah. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they actually use stop motion in this film, where you know one of the demons becomes almost like a uh, a cheesy looking dinosaur with uh, the head of one of the characters mm-hmm. on it. Um, so they, there is. They really covered all bases, you know. It's they have, uh, they make the most of the buckets of green slime. Uh, they make the most of the uh, the tracking shots. They uh, they make the most of of the music that they use, and they literally um, there's there's really never a point in the movie that looks too much like you know the last segment of the movie because they just. Uh, when I watch uh, when I watch the credits and when I read about the movie, they went to like five or six um, labs that did different scenes. So you know, the, 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 his girlfriend dancing that animation is something. You know, the the the, the stop motion is somebody else. Um, and from what I gather, these are all people that pretty much owed Sam Raimi favors, and ah. so they, uh, they they did a lot of this stuff. Um, That's good. <clears throat> it is throwing the kitchen sink yeah. at the yeah. film. Um, I think in a nutshell, gentlemen, that is Evil Dead 2. Love it. Uh, there was a sequel to Evil Dead 2, uh, very underrated. There was a film called The Army of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. yeah. And it picks up literally where Evil Dead 2 ends. Mm-hmm. Hail he who has come from the skies to deliver us from the terrors of the dead eyes. Hail! Hail! Um, and yet, n- not so inspiring. Uh, disappointing sequel. You know what? It's... um. It's got more great lines. Uh, Bruce Campbell wrote some of the dialogue in it, so, you know, he's got some great lines like, you know, give me some sugar baby and just, uh, you know, whoa, you know. Uh, he's just, um, he he really is, uh, it's really a, a vehicle for Bruce Campbell. Hmm. Um, and um, it actually is worth, I mean, at one point, he breaks up into three different, uh, ashes, you know, and they're good ash and a bad ash, and um, it's um, it's it's not a bad take. If you like Evil Dead One, you like his, Evil his, Dead Two. His ash hole, I thought, was in poor taste. That they his which it. one? His ash hole. You said one ash, two ash, three. And then oh you get yeah, an ash yeah. Hole okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you just lower the bar. Yeah, I know. Speaking of lowering the bar, the film was remade in 2013. I wasn't a big fan of it. It became a lot more. Gory, a lot more graphic. What was sort of neat about the, the the first three, the Evil Dead trilogy, the original trilogy, is that you know you know you didn't you didn't actually um, uh, you didn't actually didn't have to see. You just knew what was sort of happening. But with these reboot, this whole new horror genre, it's almost like a it's almost sort of what they call gore porn. It's just yeah. you know a lot of people in pain, a lot of graphic shots. Um, Bruce Campbell had a um, was like one of the technical consultants for the movie. Um, but again, some people liked it. I wasn't a big fan of, of the reboot. I don't know if either of you guys saw the remake. That, so, that was that was the trend to do. They rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street. They rebooted Halloween. Zombie did a couple of those. Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, right? This is a um, topic that I imagine we'll get into um, as, the, as we go down the road with Fright Night. But um, there was a trend, uh, you know, I'm not as much of an aficionado as you are, John, but there was a trend f- to making horror movies more um, disturbing is the best word I could think of. With exactly. the with, um, the, uh, the ultimate example is the scariest movie, of the most horrible movie and horrifying movie I've never seen, uh, Human, Centip- Human Centipede? 
Yeah. Mikey, you're familiar with oh, it, right? I've seen that Which one. Which I don't even want to tell you what it's about because okay. it'll turn your stomach. But um, uh, Hostel is another one. Oh, yeah. Saw, oh my the, goodness. The, the, Saw, oh. the Saw series. Um, to, to me... Um, not, my cu- not my cup of tea. Uh, mine neither. I, I mean, I, I, what's g- genius is to have a horror movie with a sense of humor because that's entertained you in both ways and sort of lets you off the hook a little bit. Like, we're going to scare you, but it's, it's we're not going to make you leaving the, you know, having nightmares every night, you know? And some of the, the like, the, the hostile, the movies about torture, like, I, I just... You know what? And that started, yeah. Dave, with the Hellraiser series. I don't know. That, oh, that, yeah. that was a big... I didn't like that because it was... Everyone was in so much pain in the movies. Yeah. You know, they were so... Uh, everyone was being tortured, and um, yeah, that I think that became a catalyst for years later for the movies you just described because it's it's not it's not uplifting. That's what right. I liked about the Freddy movies was you know he was upbeat, he was doing stuff to these kids, but he had a sense of humor, and I think. Yeah. There's no humor in any and then of the, those. The bad, the, the, the bad guy dies at the end, typically, and you kind of feel like, okay, good guys won. It takes three or four times to kill him, but you finally kill him at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he mysteriously is alive for the sequel, usually. But So have you seen uh, Get Out? I did see Get Out. Yeah. yeah. What did you yeah. think of that? I did like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was surprised. Um, I, I didn't because I think that's almost. A, I didn't uh, see the ending coming, so I was yeah. really yeah. I was but surprised. that's um this that's almost a throwback to obviously Get Out has a twist never tried before, and that is a, the the racial the race issue yeah, in yeah. it, which was which. But it, but that too was dealt with with humor. You know, it was the movie had a sense of humor and. Um, it was suspenseful, but not gory, right? So yeah. along the lines of, of, of Ash, have you guys seen the Showtime series Ash versus the Evil Dead? Mm-mm. So that's where it's that's where it is now. I, I don't know if it's been picked up for another season, but pretty much it's the character that he created in these films oh, that we're talking about. Oh, not the same about. actress. Same actor. Bruce Campbell is back. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's back, oh. and he's fighting the Evil Dead again, and it's oh, a Showtime series. Yes, yeah, so to go online, it's, it's 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 available online. I saw the first couple of episodes. He's he's older. He's uh, mm. he, he's aged. He's heavier. <laughs> he moves a little bit slower. Right. But the scenes with the Evil Dead characters and the zombies still move very 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 fast. So if you if you like the series, uh, the, the trilogy, I say um, you may want to go online and check out. Ash versus Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell turns 60 uh, next year. John, I, I want to make sure you remember to send him a oh, birthday card. Next year? So he's only... I'm sorry, this year. This this summer. Okay. Ju- June 22nd, uh, Bruce Campbell will turn 60. So he's only five years older than me. I like yeah. that. <laughs> May I suggest we take a break and come back with a few trivia questions for you? Try to stop that the expert? is a great idea. All right. Alexa, what time is it? It's time for Margie Plaprude Saves the World. When the roof's on fire, the country's in turmoil, and it seems like everything's going Who are you going to call? Your favorite bleeding heart is back. Margie Claproot is here to save the world. Margie Claproot here. We are going to save the world. I've never done a podcast. And here I am doing a podcast. And I'm ticked off. I bet you are too. New episodes of Margie Claproot Saves the World every Monday on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. You are listening to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill, pod617.com. Don't forget the Boston Podcast Network. All right, let's have some fun. We've been dissecting uh, the feature film Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. came out in 1987. I still have a VHS copy of that. Uh, ah! Sorry, John. Couldn't resist VHS. Dave, can you uh, <laughs> can can you uh, can you lighten things up and maybe share some yeah. uh, some maybe a little some trivial questions? Let's play and... uh, stump the freak. Does that work? <laughs> stump the freak, because uh, John is a horror movie. John, aficionado. you are the freak in this scenario. You are the. Freak. <laughs> All right. I take um, that as a compliment. Let's start uh, with what I think will be a layup for you, but who knows? Um, there are a lot of inside jokes in the movie. What artifact hangs in the cabin basement in Evil Dead 2, and what other film is it a reference to? I believe in the basement, uh, the fruit cellar, I think is what they call it, um, there is a picture, a poster from another horror movie. Am I in the right area, Dave? No. No, um, okay. That's okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It's, a, um, it's, a, it's, uh, some, it's sort of a piece of clothing. Oh, is it um, is it a glove that looks yes. similar to the glove that uh, Freddy Krueger used in the Nightmare on Elm Street series? You you got it absolutely. Let's give him a bell. Uh, correct, Wait, and, John. And that was in Evil Dead Two. Yeah, but yeah. Shout I, but, out to yeah. That's right. Yeah, but but I I, I was. 
I sometimes I confuse the two, but I know in Evil Dead One there was a poster in the basement, and I think it was like the last house on the left or something. Um, totally unrelated, but yeah, that came up in my research too. But oh, I decided okay. to leave it off the list. We can return to that maybe. Uh, okay, so um, all right, how about this? Um, the uh, the filmmakers, the the script writers. Uh, let's see, Spiegel and Sam Sam Raimi. Is that the, yeah, this is the guy, Sam right? Sam Raimi. Yeah. Um, they were roommates with what other famous filmmaking duo? Jeez, <laughs> you have stumped oh, me on that. I'll, I'll they... take a guess. Yeah. Go ahead, Mikey. The Coen Brothers. The Coen Brothers is correct. Ooh. Very good. Yes. Well, yes. Touche, Michael. Duo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm. Um, this is going to sound hard, but it actually isn't, I don't think. So the character Ash in the movie has what in common with Magic Johnson? Oh, jeez. Um, Ash. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. They both have undergraduate degrees, except Magic Johnson doesn't because I don't think he finished. But anyway. Oh, I know this. <laughs> they both have undergrad degrees? You know what? Um, I don't. It's a, it's a great question. Mikey, and, do you know uh, they both have HIV. No, wait. <laughs> no, uh, they both went to Michigan State. They both went to Michigan oh, State. Oh, there you That's go. Correct. Okay. That's correct. And have okay. Good call. Sorry, I'm trying to put these questions at a level that I have a chance of stumping you, John. Okay, what um, what, uh, what film critic... Um, sorry, let me find it here in the my Evil Dead file. Uh, what film critic gave the film three stars out of four, describing it as a fairly sophisticated satire that makes you want to get up and shuffle? What prominent film critic? Uh, Rex Reed? No. Oh, he Post Rex Reed. Oh, Post Rex Reed. So is it the um, is it the sort of uh, heavy set gentleman? Um... Yes, we'll get yes, it to him. Roger Ebert. <laughs> Roger there you Ebert, go. Right. Yeah, yeah. Really, he um, gave it a great review. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I thought that interesting as well. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, well, this is, I'm kind of going off topic slightly, but we were talking about good sequels, bad sequels. Yeah. Uh, a 2016 article in Playboy magazine ranked the 15 sequels that, that actually didn't suck, or something along those lines, like the best, <laughs> the best sequel. There were three. Three horror movies on the list. One of them is Evil Dead 2, but there were two others. Can you name them? Horror movie sequels that didn't suck. I'll give you a hint. One of these films I believe you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, is it Halloween? No. No, no. no. Oh, oh, wait wait a, minute. oh wait, wait a minute. We can go old school, right? Yeah. Anything. Oh, then I would say, All okay, okay. You know what? Then I got to put on my, uh, my old school cap. I would say one of the greatest horror movie sequels ever made was Bride of Frankenstein. That that made the list, that's okay. right. Okay. But that was the hard one I thought. And what what was uh what's the other one? Um uh, more more cont- well it sounds uh I think you mentioned this earlier in the It's not don't tell me it's it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. No. No, no. Okay, okay. Older than that. Older than that. I think. Um we were talking about zombies. How okay, zombies. Jesus, zombie sequel. I don't know. Dawn, uh, Dawn, Dawn of the Dead, or is it is that the that, is that the would sequel? Be, yeah, or? Dawn of the Dead would yeah. be the sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Right. Okay, so I there can you see go. that. 1978, Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Right, and that okay. was a long movie, but you know what? The remake that we talked about called Dawn of the Dead that came out with... Um, yeah. We are talking that the zombies are on cocaine. They're just yeah, so right. fast. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... I mean... I mixed my zombies. Yeah, up. no, the, the original Dawn of the Dead, the one you reference is there. It all takes place in a mall. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't like someone get on like the PA and start talking to the, yeah. the, the, the people. Yeah, uh, they start playing music. So they're like evil humans who aren't zombies yet, sort of yeah, trapping but they, the other ones in there. Yeah, and, yeah, and so the remake is with, um, I can't think of the stars of the remake, but the remake yeah. is, is, is completely different. They just move so much more faster yes. and it's just so much more okay. scarier. All right, a couple more quickies. Um, let's see. Oh, well, Bruce Campbell appeared in what 1999 Coen Brothers film starring Tim Robbins? Oh, boy. <laughs> I've succeeded in stumping the, no, the you're master. Doing, you're doing Although fine. what I'm doing, obviously, is I'm asking sort of related questions. No, to no, the film. I like that. It's a dirty um, trick. What year? Mikey, yeah, what year? 1994 Coen Brothers film starring Tim Robbins. Starring Tim Robbins. And uh, Campbell appeared in it. I, I, I certainly don't think he had a big role, but um. why am I talking like Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> I don't know. I'm it was a, it was a platter. 
No. No? No. Uh, the it, Hudsucker Proxy was what we were looking for. Oh, Not that's the greatest right. movie, but it, no, it did get a lot of buzz. A, yeah. I thought he played a reporter in that or something along those lines. Okay. Could be. Interesting. Could be. We'll give you that. What, this is a super hard one. I don't know if you... The, the character of Bobby Joe in the movie was inspired by what actress? <laughs> oh, jeez. I know. It's hard, right? Jeez, <laughs> oh. I sort of wrote her off. I... Uh, we should keep we should keep Bobby Joe in our prayers. She uh, she was diagnosed with leukemia in 2016. The well, act- thankfully, the actress uh, Cassie Wesley. Um, the character right was inspired yeah. by an actress that actually was a roommate of the the scriptwriters for Evil Dead too. Oh. Super hard, I know. Uh, answer is Holly Hunter. Really uh, now? Yeah. According to my research, they the Coen brothers were were I mean Spiegel and Ramey were roommates with uh, not not only the Coen brothers but also Holly Hunter. Francis McDormand, who's like now the, the yeah. biggest star uh, around, uh, critically, and um, Kathy Bates as well, which, Jeez, which, which I wonder. What apartment building was I know. This? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? <laughs> was this in the, um, was this in the Sil- Silver Lake, L.A.? This was in the, okay. Wow. Um, all right. How about this one? That's interesting. Um, so. What a crazy think tank that must have been. Wow. I know it. Um, hmm. There was a scene in the movie um, Nightmare on Elm Street where the character Nancy Thompson dozes off. What movie is she watching on a TV set? That's pretty great. Uh, I got a feeling she's probably watching the original Evil Dead. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the question wouldn't have been very relevant, yeah, I guess. But, no. <laughs> but, but then uh, Johnny you got Depp it. ran in with yeah. a half shirt <laughs> yeah. and said, Don't fall asleep. I know. Uh, and, uh, well, this is kind of a funny one. What, um, let's see. Sorry. Um, so the character Ash in the movie, uh, fights with a disembodied hand, correct? Correct. Okay. That, that gag comes from uh, a film Spiegel made as a teenager called Attack of the Helping Hand. That movie was inspired by a TV commercial for what product? Attack of the Helping Hand. If you think about it, it's kind of intuitive. Sure. I would think uh, it's Hamburger Helper. You got it, Mikey! <laughs> hamburger Helper. Thank you. All right. Well, that is good. We still, we, we actually, we still, we still eat Hamburger Helper. I don't know if you guys are. I hear that, um, I don't know why you need the, the hamburger. It does just fine by itself. That's right. All right thank <laughs> it's you. It's a vacation <laughs> Uncle Eddie. Right boom, boom. Um, <laughs> that's good. I think that's all I got, John. I thank, you, yes. thank you, but, Dave. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate well that. I feel smarter and and more and scared and more scared than I normally am. You know what? With this dose of, of of horror information, I love it. I didn't know I could learn much more about the film, but uh, we've I all did, learned I something. Did. We we all learned something. I hope you I hope you out there in uh, podcast land learned something as well. Um, just so you know, if um, if you like the program, I encourage you to tell your friends. And if you didn't enjoy the program, I ask you to keep it a little secret. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Till we meet again. Good night. Sleep tight, and you should probably keep that nightlight on.